Miami sun, she won't get a tan. Ain't worried cause I know that she ain't got a man. When the sun sets in the nighttime, bay I ball like J400 in the right times. In Miami sun, she won't get a tan. Ain't worried cause I know that she ain't got a man. When the sun sets in the nighttime, bay I ball like J400 in the right time. She looking cozy, now that's a bust down. Big stepper pushing up, they better run. Welcome to episode 29 of the Zone Talk podcast. I am your host, Jamel. I'm back with the full house. We got Donovan, Rashad, Devon, Knapp, uh, and we're living good. Hope y'all are doing well. Yes, sir. You know it. Hey, man. You know? I'm just happy to be back. Yeah, I, man. I caught, I caught OD FOMO. I was a real listener this past week. Yeah. And so when right. I listen to y'all get, tapping, getting y'all listening stuff back off, to the pod, you know, yeah, word. word, he was like trying to get back in the <laughs> yeah, mix, boy. Yeah, I was, I was asking Rashad the other day. I was like, "Yo, what can we do to like make the pod take, you know, go to the next level type <laughs> shit?" Like, I'm trying to get back into it. For real, for real. And we got a, uh, we got a lot in store for you guys. Uh, we got some stuff on the docket today. Um, really humanizing athletes. I think we've done a good job of that uh, as of yeah. late, and um, we're gonna continue to do that. Uh, because it's uh, a lot of the time it's just bigger than football, especially when you're talking about in the off season when you don't have a lot to go over, diving into these guys' lives and understanding who they are beyond the field. Um, it's super interesting. And But until then, we have less than four weeks until the first preseason game, and then the season opener is less than nine weeks away. So we're getting closer and closer uh, to the best time of the year. Yes, sir. It's getting crazy, bro. It, it, it's it's so wild how it's just this off season kind of flown by now, and we're getting to the summertime where football is starting to become a little bit more of a topic. Word. NBA Finals is finishing up. That was always significant. Like when I when I see the NBA Finals, I'm like, all yeah. right, I know football is right around the corner. Like, it's that, that it's that mind. weird in between time too for a lot of sports fans where you don't have football yet, but you, basketball is over uh, in just a week or two. Um, and I mean, if you like baseball and golf, there's still that going on and everything. Uh, you know, but this is a unique year though, because we got the Olympics. The Olympics, yes. So. I'll actually be tuning in. Uh, see, I gotta shoot my shot put, guys. Just guys, <laughs> see how they do, man. You know what I'm here for? Or, all yeah, 100, for all swimming. <laughs> you know, Devon used to be on the Y swim team, so he'll oh, be yeah. tuning oh, into all the swim events. Shout out to the Hennigan. <laughs> he was on the swim team. That was, that was like fight. the first sport I ever did, actually. Which wow. is crazy. I did not know that. That's the crazy. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. That's funny. Learn something new every day. But um, uh, let's talk about it. Uh, on the docket, uh, one of the biggest stories uh, this offseason that um, has been documented throughout is Greg Olson uh, and the story of how, you know, he's been put in a position uh, with his son. And, um, you know, it's been very difficult. He, his son had to undergo a heart transplant at Atrium Health, Levine Children's Hospital uh, in Charlotte. Um, and he's documented the situation on social media. I mean, it's a remarkable story. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I recommend uh, just looking uh, up videos. He's talked about it multiple times. Um, but he underwent a successful heart transplant. And Greg Olson just, you know, obviously overcome with emotion and it's a life changing experience for him. It really puts it in perspective um, what he's gone through this offseason compared to some guys who are trying to go about, you know, normal day to day. There's people in this type of position that are really trying to cherish every day because you don't know what the next day has in store.
That was deep. That was real. I I think I think one of the bigger things that he that he was talking about, um, or one of the bigger takeaways was like the use of social media and how like, um, you know, instead of just posting the W's all the time, like here's like some real shit that's happening with yeah. me and my family yeah. and like that being okay. Absolutely. Yeah, because everybody loves to post the wins, and um, I'm guilty of it too. I mean, a lot of us are, um, but you know, no one's posting like the hardships, and you know, that's a lot of the things that we can also relate to on a more deeper level than all of the, you know, the great things that happen. Um, you know, it's definitely goes a lot deeper and the situation is just, um, you know, amazing to see it come full circle for Greg and his family, uh, for them to continue enjoying time with their son. Uh, and it just puts into perspective, you know, how much you have to enjoy each day outside of football. I mean, this is a uh, real life happening to him and, you know, shout out to that hospital, um, being able to make it happen. Apparently they had, um, you know, over 11 transplant surgeries in 2021. Um, and so, I mean, that's just amazing to hear, especially going through COVID and everything. I know healthcare systems have been overwhelmed. Uh, so for them to be able to make this happen and continue to make it happen, I think it's just super awesome. Just great positive news um, to touch on, especially, you know, in times like this. Yeah. I mean, just hearing like how heartfelt and how real, Greg was just talking about the whole situation and him just being so positive about it and speaking so well about the people that were performing on his son. Like, you know, that's real. That's real shit. Like Donovan said that, yeah. you know, and we take into a lot of account, like a lot of the times when these guys are playing football, like we're looking at fantasy and all this other bullshit that doesn't really matter. And, you know, sometimes these guys are going through mental health issues, injuries, family issues and and i one of the cool things that i do like to see is like when you get to like these espn and all these other stories and they dive deeper into like people's lives that you might not know about you go out and watch deandre hopkins play football every week and you know you know you find out his mother's blind and she comes to the game every week and can't even see him play right you know what i mean but she's there and that and those are stories that you know average fan if you're just watching and he's not having a good game you're gonna say oh fuck that guy but it's like you know that guy is really out there doing it for for, yeah, for, for a bigger cause bigger. than just you know your entertainment yeah just your entertainment Word. that you know for the like for a lot of these guys this is their lifestyle it's this is like their life this is all they had like this was their only goal growing up it wasn't to go to call it wasn't any of that like it was just on a podcast uh Jalen Ramsey was just speaking on a podcast where he talked about like you know like college was cool but like I had I had a main goal like you know them little classes wasn't gonna help me prepare he said he literally said them little classes weren't gonna help me prepare (laughs) for the bigger picture where he knew in his mind and that's not the same for everybody but for guys who like needed to get out of their situation through that they know and 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 some of and a lot of them have it in their mind and they go and achieve that yeah it takes a lot of perseverance um and this situation is no different uh so shout out to greg olson and his family um shout out to the hospital uh, and all the amazing work they're doing uh and you know just staying on that topic um we did hear a little bit on aaron Rodgers, not so much from the football side of things uh, but he went in depth about how thankful he uh, he is for the opportunity to work on his mental health and being able to take this time in the off season, really think about where he wants to go, how he can improve uh, and preserve his mental health. I mean, I know 
having that amount of fame and that amount of notoriety as a player puts you in a position where everybody, every second of every day is going to wonder, you know, what's your next move? What's your next decision? And I know that's got to be overwhelming. Yo, Aaron Rodgers is kind of funny, though. <laughs> he is hilarious. Like, you know, like Jeopardy? This is the most I think I've ever heard from Rodgers. And like, that's fact. I, I actually like to see it. It makes it makes you like like him a lot more. Like, I mean, if you don't like him as a player, it, you, you have to like him as a person. Because right. Yeah. This guy, like, he's funny. He's per- he has a good personality. And, like, seeing him now is, like, great, like, on TV and talking and stuff. Because I really, like, don't remember him in the offseason ever really, like, being a part of, like, media. Like The only other thing that you really heard about him was, like, all that stuff about, oh, his teammates don't really like him and stuff like that. And now yeah. you're, you're coming out mm-hmm. after the fact and everybody's like, no, like, like what are you we're talking cool. about? <laughs> like, <laughs> there, there was never any issue. This this headline though is what was funny to me is like Green Bay uh, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers thankful for opportunity to work on mental health <laughs> while he's like <laughs> actively not going to practice. And like, <laughs> My man is not showing up, and um, I mean even when asked about it, I mean still dodged the questions. He said, "I don't know, we'll see." Um, about you know if he's gonna be the quarterback. Know. Direct Hopefully. quote. I don't know. We'll That's see. a direct quote <laughs> from wild. Aaron Rodgers. He, I mean, he don't care. He's like, yo, I'm doing me right now. Um, and so I mean, I don't blame him. Like he said, he's 37. He's got a lot going on with the organization, but at the same time, he's a baller. He's got the bread to do what he wants. I mean, hey, he said that sometimes the loudest person in the room is not the smartest person, and you know. Take that how you will. I mean, he's doing his thing in silence. He's going to make his moves behind the scenes, and we'll that just was, see what happens. That was the quote that I loved. That was the quote that I loved because it's like, you know, and that alludes to like kind of what I was saying. He does, he ne- we've never really heard from him much. Now we're seeing his face on celebrity type things, golfing and all that, but like, we never really heard from him much, and we're still not hearing much from him on the football aspect of it because his game speaks for itself. So what he's asking for shouldn't be too much because of all he's given to the NFL and his organization. Definitely. I love uh, being able to see Rodgers out in the public a little bit more. I know he's been golfing. Brady, I think, is a whole new man in Tampa. Um, We would have never gotten this Brady in New England. Um, (laughs) And so... I'm honestly kind of jealous. We never saw this much personality out of him while he was here, but it's whatever. It's the little Brady. Um, Got six rings. Exactly. I can't, I can't be that bad. He was all business. <laughs> um, so shout out to Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. I, I'm excited to see. I assume he's going to stay with the Packers. I don't expect him to kind of sit out or anything like that. I mean, he'll, he'll take whatever time he needs to do what he wants. But I think uh, by week one, I think he'll be playing in that Packers uniform. My opinion. Nah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but getting into a question we came across on Twitter, Sports Illustrated asked, who would you rather have lead your defense, uh, Ed Reed or Troy Polamalu? Uh, now, we don't need Rashad's answer uh, because, as we all know, his background as a Ravens fan, I can't imagine him going with a Steelers player. <laughs> nah, um, yeah, I mean, y'all not wrong. Um, I think, statistically speaking, um, I obviously I don't have the stats pulled up, but just the way that the the game is played, um, I think like Ed Reed's a guy who's who's known as a ball hawk. Um, so are these other top the tier hawk, <laughs> these top tier um Hall of Fame safeties. Um, but 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Ed Reed, but as far as Troy Polamalu, like with him, he's always one thing I think when I think about Polamalu is he's he's always like jumping over the line like before the ball even snaps. Like those those type of plays like stick out to me. Um, as yeah, far as the type was impeccable. The, yeah, the the type of guy that he was in timing he was like out a very the very instinctive player in timing out the snaps. But I mean, um, you can throw on Ed Reed's highlight tape like. It's just it's just crazy, um, you know. Uh, there's not <laughs> I mean, that's all I can really say about that. Like, um, sixty four interceptions, bro. Yeah, like you can't even yeah, seven I'm touchdowns. I'm taking. <laughs> yeah, he and he's just like in the interviews I've seen, um, like watching him, um, like the leader that he is. Like his time there with with Ray Lewis. Like, you know, you had those two ty- those type of guys on your team. Um, and I'm sure that's contributed a lot to his play. So that made that, I'm sure that's made him even more of a the player that he is. Um, but, I mean, like y'all said, I mean, I'm going to go with Ed Reed. That's my guy. So that's how I feel about that. What do you think, Don? Yeah, I mean, it, it, he went to the U. So that, I'm hurt, dog. <laughs> Don't ask me if I'm mine. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate. And we ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I put my heart in this shit. <laughs> yeah, you gotta give me Ed Reed on that one. Yeah. Troy Palmalu, he's nice, but it is. No, it's yeah, just no, like no who, who would I rather lead my defense? Like I feel like Troy Palmalu can like you know make his plays, but you can end up losing still. Like Ed Reed, I feel like if he's leading the defense, like. I mean, this anybody, you can always nah, lose. I did, yeah. What you mean? I mean, what, what you mean? <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway. Let me phrase that differently. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they'll just be more susceptible to, like, getting beat. If he's leading the defense, because he's so focused on... Run stop. Run stop, doing what, what the wild things that he does. Like, he's just an instinctive player. I feel like more than, like... I feel like Ed Reed is literally, like, way more, like analytical in his movement on the field like Ed Reed will like show a blitz and then end up picking the ball off in the deep third like I'd rather have Ed Reed <laughs> like he'll cover I feel like he'll cover the defense more than a Troy Palmolive I, 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 really- I, I get I get what you're saying it kind of brings me back to I don't know if y'all watched the top 100 where they had the conversation with Bill Belichick I think it was Peyton Manning uh, Ed Reed and I think it was somebody in uh, Collinsworth and Ed Reed had known through film that Peyton Manning when he pumps one way yep. he's going the other so yo this man started off yeah, on one hash ran to the other hash and then beelined, beelined back to the route knowing that Peyton was going back there as soon as he pumped, bro. It was, and even Bill Belichick said it was the greatest for, um, defensive play he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. I remember that clip too. I remember that clip too, yeah. Like, just, it just speaks to that like, kind of football IQ that I think you were just trying yeah, to like, Paul Mala, like He has his share of plays where it's like, yeah, like I don't really – I mean – I could argue that Ed Reed can make all the plays that Troy Polamalu can make, almost. Like, yeah. It's just that the the level that Troy Polamalu did it at, he was like a very high like motor and intensity player. So it was just like a different type of player, but same position. So that's and, a good comparison. And they were both they were both bringing that shoulder with them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because Troy Polamalu is known for the boom, but like Ed Reed will boom you. Ed as well. Reed yeah. was known for that shoulder too, though. <laughs> My thing is at the end of the day. 
64 picks to 32. Yeah, I think that's a like, big thing. I right, take away from right. He, like, doubled, he doubled the picks. Like, like I'm giving the offense the opportunity the, to score you, the ball. You, if you're looking at return yards, he got like over 1,400 return yards compared to Paul Wall, got like 300. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like he after. he got seven touchdowns. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ed Reed's ability with the ball too. Um, Again, if you pull up the film, like the things that he's able to do once he gets that interception, and like, then he's we, like picking the ball off at the team at – the one, the one yard line. Their back team's backed up, and he's just housing it like laterals and all that to his teammates. So I mean, again, his ability to with the ball too. Like he's just a super and one of those guys. One of those in his generation, he was just like a super athlete. Um, I'm pretty sure he early on in his career too. Like he did. I'm pretty sure he played some special teams. So that also again that speaks to his ability as yeah, a, a playmaker. Yeah, yeah. return. Well, I mean, if we want to get down into the nitty gritty of it too, like. Man to man defense, Ed Reed is was was locking it up. Like he was locking guys down in the slot, like coming down, playing guys. Like, you know, he he was known for being a good cover guy too. You know, Palomalu was really known for being a great tackler, instinctive player, coming up, yeah. making plays. Not a bad, not a bad defender at all, but you know, just wasn't the best one on one guy. That's why he played safety. Yeah, I mean, again, this is not saying Troy Polamalu isn't. I mean, he's obviously a. Yeah, he's obviously. He he is who he is, but when we look at these two guys, um, you know. Yeah, I mean, they're arguably top five all time in their position. Yeah. So. Both of them. Um, But I'm sure, I mean, cases, I mean, we're to really like, you know, there are probably people out there. You know, they can make the case for Apollo Malu. Again. Well, people in Pittsburgh are probably pissed right now. So, there's <laughs> that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I care less. Us. Um, yeah, uh, at, a, at us. A 5-0. A 5-0 uh, consensus. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, that's, hey, a, um, that's a tough one. But, um, Pittsburgh, y'all had Rod Woodson for a while. Y'all were straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also found out for, uh, that... No one, uh, no NFL players are believed to have opted out of the 2021 season. Uh, it's like COVID's gone. Um, so with that being the case, I mean, we're entering the year like it's any other year for the most part. Um, you know, as long as you're vaccinated. Uh, if not, you have to adhere to a number of rules that they put in place. I believe it says uh, over 68% of players league-wide have at least one shot. Uh, seven NFL teams are now above the 85% threshold for player vaccinations. Um, and over 70% actually have at least one shot. So uh, most of the league is vaccinated, uh, seven out of 10 guys. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't affect the season. It doesn't look like it will with these numbers. I feel like uh, that, what is it, herd immunity kind of sets in at that point or yeah. something. Um, so that's good to hear. Good news from that aspect. Um, getting to the next news, we heard from Josina Anderson. Uh, she spoke with Stefan Gilmore, and he said, quote, I just want what I'm worth. However that plays out, every player should be paid what they're worth. That's just how it is. Uh, and he to- and then he told Josina as well. He told her she's not looking to push a trade, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but how do you feel about Stefan Gilmore holding his ground, saying he wants his money? I mean, For now. We well, was just talking about it. Like... <laughs> Like he's a he's a veteran, yeah. He's a, he's one in the wrong place for that. But like he's a veteran in his ninth year, like he's trying to get he's trying to get the market value for what he thinks he's worth. Unfortunately, like you're with the Patriots. You're with the Patriots. They they ain't paid you know they ain't paid a lot of guys. Oh, yeah. 
Ain't gonna be no different for you, bro. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you might as well just take what you can get from them and move on. You know better. Something. At this point, you know better. You've been here. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. We had, like I was saying earlier, we had Revis for one year. <laughs> Revis knew. And okay. we're content. Revis was like, let me get the Super Bowl. I know they ain't gonna pay me next year, so I'm gonna. Right, get up I'm out of there, get some bread. <laughs> and that's exactly what that is. <laughs> and a lot of players do it. And they leave and go get their bag after, and I, I don't blame them. The Patriots are worried about winning, not playing, y'all. <laughs> so that, Absolutely. So can they afford to lose him? Um, I mean, we're I not mean, competing for a Super Bowl right. next year. That's the main so. thing right there. Like, I feel like in the situation we're in, I mean, like he's a good player to have on our team. He's like, a great player to have on our team. Right, absolutely. Like, But like at the end of the day, it's like, all right, so are we gonna re-sign him? Like he's coming off of a quad injury. Like we could find, a, not somebody to replace him. But in the situation that we're in, we don't need somebody like necessarily to maintain such a high level right now. Like it wouldn't make a difference if we found another, like, a corner who could be, be like a corner, a second corner, or a first corner on another team. Just come play on our team. Like, yeah, but that's that's tough though, because I mean, Stephon Gilmore is who he is. Um, in terms of him being the caliber of cornerback, um, again, who he is. But I think, um, like we said, he's he's obviously trying trying to get his money. And I think, like as far as him having the quad the quad injury, um, that makes it. Again, we talked about that prior um, prior podcast about how the situation with him, um, his his quad his quad situation, his quad injury, and how he's nursing that. Going into training camp, um, then again, he's not pushing for a trade, but he wants to get paid um, what he, quote-unquote, is worth. So I'm interested to see, like, how that's going to play out. Like, if he doesn't get what he wants, I mean. He's trying to play we, the game. Are we, we going to see a, a Le'Veon Bell just not going to show up type situation? But that will remain to be seen. Um, but I think – um obviously like we said he's trying to adjust to the market you know what these younger guys right now are getting paid i understand it that's the business aspect of it um you know he's trying to take care of his business i'm sure he obviously he has off the field um priorities if you will so um yeah that's just what the situation is man at the end of the day it's a business and he's trying to collect his money so yeah i I can't i can't blame him at all um and he should try he should try. See what he can get. And that's all he'll so do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so you ain't going to get it from us. Uh, if he left, hey, man, like, we're not competing for a Super Bowl this year. Uh, we still got J.C. Jackson on that second-round tender. Uh, we do have to pay him uh, if we're not going to sign Stephon Gilmore. So we will have to make a decision with that. Uh, but either way, because we're not competing for a Super Bowl this year, um, unless Mac Jones or Cam Newton – is out here playing yeah, at an elite level. Just, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm interested to see what we'll do. But, like, I mean, Gilmore, I don't see him being – I mean, if he's there, great. But the Pats always find a way to – Yeah, I feel like there's, if there's any team – If there's like, any team that could do that, it's the Patriots. Is is kind of just utilize some other guys in a rotational way and figure things out. Do we still have J.C. Jackson? Yes. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Now, That's yeah. what I'm saying. If we have him and Devin McCourty at corner. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just kind of – Very re- – not very replaceable, but like you know, yeah, like, like we can make it. Happen. We'll be all right. They, they, <laughs> like, they yeah. would be fine. The Pats if he have never been oriented on. around with, one single with, player, but like maybe Brady. But like as far as their defense, like they have key players, but like key players be out, and they still 
find a way so you, to be one of the top defenses. So y'all are saying this even with like Pat Chung out, like he's not coming back. Yeah, because yeah, I like Kyle Duggar, um, and I like I like. I think he was a great draft pick. I think he's a nice young rising star in New England. Um, and then outside of that, because we got McCourty there to help him develop as well. Um, and he, he's in a position where he can sit there, learn the game, uh, adjust, and it, it didn't hurt our defense to have him on the field. Um, he made a couple of plays last year. So I think with that in mind, uh, knowing we spent a second rounder on him last year and seeing him you know, take a good step as a rookie, um, you know, I'm okay with it. That's a D2 product? Yep. Yeah, it's hard. Them boys be grinding, bro. It's hard. Them boys be grinding. But sticking on the Patriots, uh, we do want to talk about Nikhil Harry. Pay that man. Yeah, <laughs> somebody, somebody do not. it because we won't. At least we'll see. <laughs> Come on now, man. We need to see something. Yeah, apparently, uh, Nikhil Harry's agent Jamal Tusin came out with a statement. Uh, quote: For the past several months, I've been working in cooperation with the Patriots behind the scenes to put a plan in place to allow Nikhil to thrive in New England, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He needs more opportunities, <laughs> apparently. Um, he says, throughout two seasons, he has 86 tar- targets, which obviously hasn't met the expectations of the Patriots and the kill had when they drafted him as a dominant downfield threat, who was virtually unstoppable at the point of attack in college. Following numerous conversations with the Patriots, I believe it's time for a fresh start and best for both parties if Nikhil moves on before the start of training camp. That is why I have informed the Patriots today. I am formally requesting a trade on behalf of my client. Yo, I don't know. Can we please finish? Please finish. (laughs) Nikhil understands a key ingredient to production is opportunity. He will continue to work hard to develop and refine his craft. After missing a large portion of his rookie year to injury, his drafting expectations for his NFL career have not changed. We are confident success is just around the corner for him, and he will aggressively pursue it. And I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Go ahead, Don. You good? So, so. Sure, he's not. He hasn't produced the most yet, right? But I mean, what about the Patriots developing wide receivers? Like it, like that. That has to be a point too, right? Absolutely. I mean, you looking at me? I already know, bro. I already know. Nah, I know. Go ahead. I I want you to go Go off real quick because it makes like. Well, what do the Pats fans have to say? What do y'all have to say first? because I'll show you, I mean... Nikhil Harry hasn't shown me anything. I don't doubt that some, if he went to another team in the NFL that he could perform at, I don't know what level. I mean, unstoppable downfield threat. We have yet to see that. But, I mean, if he can do that in a different place, all the best to him. I mean, I'm not... As a pass fan, I mean, I wish he would have performed for <laughs> us, obviously, because all the other receivers that got drafted before him are doing the thing on their teams. Well, such as... Like DK. Oh, oh, oh. You meant like other receiver. Other receivers in his class who were drafted before him or after him, I believe. So it's just like, I mean, I wish I would have seen more from him. Wait, what is that? But what would the Patriots development of him have to do? No, I'm saying like. No, no, not not to you, to Rashad. Like as far as like the Patriots shouldn't have to develop him. He's a first round draft pick. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. You're supposed to come really? in ball. As really? a first round, as a first round receiver draft pick, you are supposed to come in and ball uh, in the Patriots so, but, organization. So the, the organization has nothing. Any organization, the organization with, has nothing with, to do with it. Yo, come on Who's now. Who's all the receivers? Come on now. Who's all the receivers around? So let so let's pull up the list of it's the. It's not like it's not like there's a million okay. targets that. that okay, but be let's pull up let's pull him. up the list of receivers that the the Pats have drafted recently. 
they're they're <laughs> i mean if we got if we got to take it there like but you're you're saying because they're bad at drafting receivers what does that have to do with Nikhil Harry's play on the field and he requested a trade so but i'm saying what does that have to do with his play on the field them drafting but that that was, goes hand in hand player development evaluation that translates to a player's performance the coaches things like that that translates if he if he's requesting a trade of course he's a first round pick so what does that tell you if he wants to get out of there clearly there's something's not right if he's requesting the trade sure he hasn't lived up to expectations but if he's requesting a trade what does that tell you combined with the fact that historically the pats are abysmal at drafting wide receivers so so if that's the case the other guys that were drafted, if we do look at the other draft picks from the Patriots, those guys ain't go nowhere else and do nothing. So that's a separate point from the Keel Harry requesting a trade. And that what, has nothing that to has, do with him. He's had one year. Yes, he hasn't had a ton of opportunity to develop. But those other guys that we drafted, they ain't go nowhere and do nothing. So with that being the case, I mean, the Keel Harry could leave here and go somewhere and fade away. And at that point, yes, we're bad at drafting receivers. We're bad at picking those guys. But who's to say our development isn't straight with like guys the like Jacoby Myers? What about the I development mean, young guys of like Ju- that? What about the development of Julian Edelman? What about the development of Wes Welker? What about the development of Danny Amendola? Like those, what like, a, what a, even him. You know, I don't like him, but they made they made him go get a drafting. They made him go get a bag, and he he's. Playing for Miami, doing something. He was drafted, huh? Who? But uh, he played some of his best ball for the Patriots. Danny Amendola. While well, no, he was playing, well, he was not, playing with Brady. Drafting. It's not. Wes Walker. Wes Walker. While well, he was playing with Brady. Wes Walker was not drafted I'm by the Dolphins. Development. As far as why, why he's in the system, while he's in there. Yeah, even if you scratch. Nikhil Harry was playing with Cam Newton last year, who can barely throw forty yards now. Like, like we're talking about opportunities and we're talking about the... the Those guys also played in Tom Brady. Too. And so, <laughs> all right, all right. So with this being the case, right, where are you going to get... With Cam Newton, you see they just drafted Mac Jones. If you're Nikhil Harry and you see the receiving room, you see guys like Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, uh, Kendrick Bourne, who they just signed. Um, they just signed two new wide receivers and you're talking about you see the receiving room. Yeah, like, where, where, but is Kendrick... So where, where is Kendrick Bourne nice? Is he proven? What? Wait, what are we wait, talking no. about? What, what point are you making? Though? I'm saying that with that. So if he goes, there's probably no other better situation than this. If you want to be a baller and you think you can play and you see they drafted a quarterback who's and you know they're going to gear to now throw the ball and this receiving competition ain't much. You think you're gonna go somewhere else and find less comp? Yeah, he should. And, and more opportunity, and get more targets. Yeah, so like this, that's gonna be tough. That's a tough call. So right. I don't necessarily know if Nikhil Harry goes I mean, somewhere that's else. Cool. Like that's more opportunity. I mean, the personal feelings can go into it. I understand. Like Pat's fans are upset. like the way the way he hasn't produced. He hasn't produced. It's just like all right. So he wants to be. He basically thinks all right. If you're a first round NFL draft pick, you're a number one receiver. Okay, but regardless, he cannot regardless, be that in a room that Jamel just listed. Okay. Okay, obviously. So where's he gonna go? A lot, a lot of it could go into like, sorry to cut you off, but a lot of it could be like talking about the Patriot way. Like some exactly, guys don't want to deal saying. with that regardless, type of shit. Like he wants to be in a different location. Well, I mean, regardless, like I said, regardless cool. of him seemingly having more opportunity with the guys that are there now, regardless, okay, he still wants to leave. So what, like, 
and that's okay. About, and that's okay. He can go. He can he, want to leave. He can go. We I'm just saying nothing for him but a six round pick out of a first round draft pick. That's, I'm just saying, like, just because he leaves doesn't mean he's going to be effective anywhere else, and he that's could fade away applying, just that's like other guys have. That, all I'm that's, saying, that's my all, point, though. All I'm saying is, as as much as people say, like, oh, you know, he hasn't done anything, he hasn't showed me anything, there needs to be more accountability held towards the Patriots as far as them developing wideouts and producing whatever potential that those guys have. So you don't think they developed him quick enough? With his injury, that's, that's not what I'm saying. What do, what wideouts? What are you saying? What wideouts are they supposed to develop? What do, you, what do you mean? The guys, the guys that we just had up there, the guys that went to other teams and didn't do anything either. What about that? But I'm just saying the evaluation in in talent. Okay, that's the, different from development. And development are two completely different things. Okay. Okay, but you guys are still. Can we break, can we break that down? Somebody and developing somebody after is two different things. Like you have different aspects of the coaching staff involved on that too. Like you actually have the guys who like recruited the guys, went to the schools. Then you have the actual guys who are in house, who are like assistants to the defensive line coach, linebacking coach, those types of guys who are helping out actually with the skill set and those guys learning techniques and stuff. Right. That's why a guy like Dante Starnecchia. Um, I butchered his name, but he's the O-line coach for the Pats. And it's huge that he's been back because he's been one of the biggest reasons we've been able to have so much continuity on our line and get those guys to develop. And so, I, I mean, I, th- those, the point is those are separate things. Draft evaluation and then, you know, talent player development once you're in-house. Development. And Nikhil Harry hasn't been here for a year. And like he said, he's been injured for most of it. So when you're talking about you don't have the opportunities – being on the field is part of having the opportunity. And if you know that, I think you should give yourself some leeway and say, hey, let me compete for one more year. Why not? You're going to request a trade, learn a whole new playbook on a short and off season with a new team, and think you're going to compete for a starting job. That's just not the case, okay, in my regardless, opinion. Regardless of the midst of all that, he still wants out. So what does that tell you about them and their wide receivers? Regardless of all that. I mean, he knows that. And there's a lot of receivers that want to play. That's his, <laughs> what? that's his one case. That's that's, that's one, one player. Game, it's not every receiver player. coming. Okay. You ain't seen. making it seem like there's a million receivers that are saying we want. I'm not out. making it seem like anything. I'm saying what I'm saying right now. <laughs> the players historically that the Patriots have drafted, like who, like who are these? Who are these guys? Like, yeah, they're bad at drafting receivers. I will agree with that. Uh, with that being the case, um, there so were a lot of guys they missed on. What does that have on. to do with Nikhil Harry? I mean, he's he's again, he's requesting he got drafted in the he's first requesting round. a trade. If I could make the argument that historically the Pats have not been good again at developing wide receivers, there has to be something within that organization that he does not like, which can correlate to historically again the guys that they have drafted. I mean, part How of it is if just other a... receivers do well. How? Like who? Who in the who in the Pats organization the past two years has been doing well? Edelman. Yeah. I mean, the Jacoby past Myers years, played well the, the for pa- what, okay, yeah. Give, Jacoby Myers played very well for the opportunities line. he had. Like, I mean, you know. Okay, so well, if we year, if we unpack that, then we're talking about okay, the O line the O line's probably jacked up. The quarterback situation's not ideal. Like, we're talking about a lot of different factors that this Nikhil Harry piece kind of has to take into account. But I'm just I just don't think Nikhil Harry has done enough to look at this current situation and say, you know what? You know, this might be a good situation. I can probably make the most out of this. 
based on the direction. Yes, they got signed more competition, but nobody is proven in that receiver room. Bro, ultimately, people don't want to. People don't want to be in a situation where they don't feel like they want it. Nonetheless, and that's New true. England, but New this England, is a prof- you're a pro- this is a professional sport. This is a nah, but New sport. England specifically, yeah. like, is not the place to be if you're not like. Yeah, that. it can make or break you. So I don't mind him requesting the trade. That's okay. I'm just saying this that's name can saying. fade away. That's what I'm saying. And that'll nobody, be that. Nobody cares about him requesting the trade. It's just I don't. I don't. I just didn't get what Rashad's argument was about. Like the development of him has nothing to do with it. He's a first round talent. There's 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 no development. No, you go in and you ball. Because I so, went in, got hurt. So then so he the, comes the, in the, the getting, coaches or anything do coming, not. You're coming off an you're coming off an injury, and yes, you're gonna get minimum opportunity coming off of an injury season. Why do you, why do you think? That he think why why should he thinks that he should get more opportunity coming off an injury season and then now he's gonna get his first true season as being healthy and going in and now you're asking the lead. I think there are just some factors that work against Nikhil Harry uh, if he were to leave as opposed to just saying hey let me I only got what one more year on my contract or. I don't even know how many more years he has. He might have more than one year on his contract. Um, but saying, let me see how this next year goes. Like, if you play well this next season, then you can request a trade. You have a little more value. You have a little more leverage. Um, he doesn't want to do that for a reason. Hey, I, I, I mean, I wish he could <laughs> he see. He doesn't want to do that for a reason. I wish he could see the opportunity. He ain't played with Mac Jones yet. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but I know they're going to pass the ball a little bit better than they hey, have. Hey, Nikhil, I'm rooting for you, bro. Who's going <laughs> to develop him, Rashad? I'm rooting for you, Nikhil. Rashad, who's going to develop him? What team is he going to go to that's going to develop him? Go to the what does that, that, <laughs> that have to do with what we were just talking what, about? It doesn't, no, it doesn't I matter. Know what, team develop, what teams do you know that are out here developing wide receivers? Who's developing wide receivers? The Falcons. They're, they developed Tulio. They developed Calvin Ridley. No, they drafted them. Those are generational talents. Are you shitting me? <laughs> what development went into Julio Jones? Absolutely none. But I think it's what development? Julio. No, no, no. What development went into Calvin Ridley? <laughs> First round Julio. talent. The, the 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 best receiver in the league was teaching. Come on, bro. Give me another team. The, who's developing receivers out here? Give me these teams. Devil's Advocate Steelers. They're drafting well. They're they and and they're drafting very well. They're, they're doing both. Uh, what is they're the doing, difference? Nah. They're drafting well. So. Mm, they, so they, that's a good they, question. How no, do you how do you differentiate guys, those we, two no, things? I'm saying we're, we're we're saying those are two guys on the Falcons as compared to like a list of receivers that the the um the okay. Steelers have drafted over a long period the Vi- of time. The Vikings, huh? The Vikings. Adam Thielen. What about Adam Thielen was picked up off the street? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Julian Edelman was a quarterback in college. <laughs> You know what I mean? Julian Edelman was a quarterback. So there's a there's a case to be made, but um, Wes Welker good, good discussion. Wasn't even, a, wasn't even a good receiver. <laughs> good discord. Yeah, Tom, good, good Tom Brady. Good discord. This good discord. <laughs> now it's the Brady effect. <laughs> yeah, we know, guys. We can continue the conversation off pod. But up next, uh, we did hear. Uh, I think we reported on the story maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, Adam Schefter via Twitter said that uh, inside Cameron Kinley. Um, he plays for the football for the Navy. He's been granted the opportunity uh, to play for or well, to try out for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by the Secretary of Defense. 
Um, and he was initially denied his request to delay his commission, uh, but now he'll be able to go to training camp. Doesn't mean he'll get to play and everything. I don't know how that whole process works, uh, but I know a lot of people gave him shit for it. A lot of people are like, oh, you signed up for the Navy, so go serve the, your country. And it's like, well, he still might go serve his country. Um, with that being the case, I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't get all the hostility towards it. If they granted his request, you know what I mean? But, I guess, I guess, like, from the point of view of all of those former Navy men and potential NFL players and, like, their families and, like, not having that person be able to have that opportunity, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of pushback on that level, too. Yeah, like, I, I, that makes sense, too. Yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to, like, what if your, like, family comes from nothing? And you you went into the military to kind of make something of yourself and get some money, but you also were an exceptional football player, and you know that the NFL can bring you millions of dollars to help you provide for your family. You're barking about him serving the country, <laughs> like this man needs to provide for his family nice. too. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you're trying to put bread on the table. I mean, that's, yeah, that's all it is for a lot of people, especially when you realize you know the opportunity you have. Right. You know, with, you know, the game of football, you're like, wow, I could take it this far. Like, and if that's the case, I mean, I definitely understand asking. And, um, yeah. you know, shout out to him, man. I hope he I hope he does well. Hope I he's do, able to let, let him get his little three years. Word. Off, man. Yeah. Word. Word. And then he'll go back. Yeah. Word. Like, he'll be all right. Grab a couple mil. Hopefully. Put him on a, then put him on like a cargo ship for four years. Uh, but we also heard New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley uh, has inv- invested in – is this X2 performance? I think I so. so. All right, all right. So they are products uh, for his workouts. Um, it's a clean, healthy product line used by over 25 professional sports teams. Uh, but his investment is part of a $16 million Series D raise. Uh, and, you know, they're jo- he joins Kawhi Leonard as well as Levante David as company shareholders. Um, and he said, quote, I'm very selective of brands I endorse and even more selective of companies I choose to invest in, uh, as every athlete should with your brand and your platform, uh, because that's reputa- representation of you at the end of the day. Especially important after last week's conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Co- all, all high school students and, and college athletes take note and, and listen up. These guys are making big moves in the NFL right now and doing a lot of great things with their money. Yeah, like, there are going to be a lot of opportunities to get a quick bag from somewhere, but, you know, sometimes you got to take the high road um, and and the long road, unfortunately. Um, But with that being the case, I mean, in the long run, it usually pays off more than the quick short-term gain. So uh, I'm definitely excited about that, excited about a lot of athletes getting into that as well. Um, We did hear uh, from Jameson Hensley of ESPN that Baltimore Ravens' Kalias Campbell uh, donated thirty thousand dollars to help change his uh, former school in Denver from the Rebels to the Ravens. Hey uh, man, all I can say about that is, hey man, we play good team ball. <laughs> we play good team ball. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, how does it feel to get the playoff victory? Hey man. man so the high school, uh, his nickname had been Rebels for nearly a century. Uh, when they were founded in 1926, it's rooted in Civil War imagery. And the school's mascot was a Confederate soldier until 2009. I can't imagine walking the hallways and seeing the mascot at a game be a Confederate soldier, being a person of color. Um, You're not hype? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it reminds me of like, I mean, I remember in high school there was a team. That oh, like, yeah. 
I, I won't throw any names out there, but there's definitely a team that had a Confederate flag at their field, and it was just like a topic of conversation. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. You can say the team. Yeah, it, no. Well, the the school actually. Uh, they, they told them to take it down. They, they no. Well, they actually voted to change the name. The name of the rebels, as well as taking having the the guy take the uh, Confederate flag down off the tree. Oh, and that's like the, that's okay. So it's Walpole High School. Um, it's fine to say the name, I think. Wow. Um, but with that being the case, it was a someone who lived next door. He had a Confederate flag, and during Friday night games, things like that, he would light it up and have it all lit up during the game. He'd have the flag lit up. He would have the flag Yo. lit up during the Friday night games. <laughs> no lie, bro. Yeah, so you would get your ass whooped by Walpole. Too. We got our asses whooped by Walpole nice, at bro. Walpole oh, twice. No, that's worse. Oh yeah, no, it was awful. <laughs> like yeah, those there's games. Some, there's been some bad. Yeah, bad those are some games, rough. I want to talk about that. Um, yeah, not at all. But with that being the case, uh, they did end up voting, uh, I guess, to change the name. And um, ultimately, uh, the guy is no longer allowed to have that sign up or he might have moved. I, I'm not sure. But i um, glad to see a change like this for sure. Um, I can only imagine what it was like for Clias Campbell, like being in the school and having a Confederate soldier as a mascot. But um, I'm glad to see he's doing something about it and just not letting it sit. Um, Denver is probably a school that's not as recognized for things like this. Um, you know, but there are a lot of minorities in Denver um, whose voices don't get heard. And, you know, they've got somebody to speak for them uh, in this scenario, which is awesome. Yeah, you mentioned – <laughs> um, how we do a lot of humanizing these these athletes and football players. Like Kalias Campbell is, is the epitome of a guy who who uses his platform um, to to make a difference in these communities and any aspect of of society. Um, he probably has a bunch of humanitarian awards um, out there. Probably search up his name. Um, he's known for being a guy, a stand up guy that's active in the community. Um, and in the cities and states of the teams that he's played for. I mean, he's only played for the Jags and the well, Cardinals, Jags and Ravens, but yeah. he's an active guy. Um, and again, you know, just another another uh, player in the league. Um, again, these guys just don't play football, but, you know, they're doing things outside of or off the field um, to make an impact on, you know, real life issues or, um, you know, dilemmas that, you know, we deal with. Um, so yeah, we got guys showing guys. We got guys showing young athletes how to invest their money, yeah. how to you know use endorsements. We got guys giving back to communities, you know, giving back to schools, giving, speaking about social injustices and things that you know. It's just good to see. You, it's like a different said, time now it's, too. It's a completely different time, and especially in a sport that you know has notoriously been known for. Having you know, kind of like you know, racial biases and stigmas and falling yep. organizations and stuff like that. Yeah, they tried. They tried for a long time to avoid, um, you know, being in those conversations when it comes to social justice initiatives and change and how you feel off the field. I mean, everything had to be football, football, football. Uh, but nowadays, we're seeing them uh, be a lot more active uh, in their communities um, and really, really having a change. Um, you know, the perfect example is thinking with Denver uh, is the Denver Broncos players. Um, despite the pandemic, yeah. uh, they volunteered over 850 hours through 744 appearances. They had social justice initiatives uh, with the local leaders, activists, and grassroots organizations to advocate for positive reform uh, and change. Um, just another example of, you know, a team putting it at the forefront, understanding that, you know, we have to do more because of the position we're in. Uh, and we just should. It's kind of human nature to want to, 
going to help one another. Um, and being able to do that on a scale like this, when you have the power, you have the access, you have the opportunity, you have the resources, um, it's, it's good to hear that there's people who are probably in those buildings um, are the ones really on the ground advocating for this and the players being the ones uh, putting these initiatives in the forefront. And so that's definitely excellent to see, um, you know, from them. I look, I looked at this and I just really thought about like, these are the types of like, for me at least, um, like in professional sports, like these are the types of things that can kind of like, I guess, I don't know, force is the word, but um, like I guess become or begin to like certain teams or root for certain teams. Um, like in the, as far as like the Denver Broncos, like for me, when I saw that, I'm like, you know, I'm like kind of rooting for them because of <laughs> yeah. stuff like this. You know what I mean? Like, well, they're doing all the right things. Exactly. So I think exactly. So I think, you know, we, we talk about the game of, you know, how we are fans of, you know, this team or how we're, you know, where we like these teams, but it's things like this um, that, you know, kind of, put these teams for me i guess on my radar as teams i would look just little things like that like yeah, definitely. you know they're or, they have a good organization yeah um you see stuff like that so i think it's pretty cool it's kind of just some added perspective no nah, john and Willie definitely putting in a lot of work over there um and like it makes you like the players even more like yeah. you you kind of already yeah. like von miller for like what he is on the field and then you yeah. go ahead and and realize you know he's part of part of this group um it's amazing Definitely. Um, and it's exciting to see uh, all the community support uh, throughout the NFL. Denver Broncos aren't the only team doing it. Uh, there are a lot of teams that are involved in a lot of different initiatives uh, that are helping a lot of people uh, of all walks of life. Uh, and, and that's super important, especially to point out during the offseason. Uh, while we're not focusing on game day and football and uh, what's going on, you know, every Sunday and with our fantasy football teams, um, like I am, uh, but, you know, like we said earlier, uh, just taking the opportunity, look at these guys uh, in a different light and uh, seeing them as for who they are. You know what I mean? So it's always good to hear. Um, the crazy story uh, that Rashad came across on Twitter um, was the CFL's Saskatchewan Rough Riders, their football team in CFL. They had four players suffer season-ending Achilles injuries during a non-contact workout. Now, these injuries all occurred during the same drill in a six-minute period, um, the CFLPA is doing an investigation into the injuries to see what happened, as they should, because yeah, this I just is nuts. Know what That's crazy. They were doing like, yeah, I, I need to know who was orchestrating because after how many like they waited till the sixth player to be like, I, you know what, we're gonna cut this one. Early. Yo, after after <laughs> after the second dude goes down you and you're drill, up, drill over, and you're up. <laughs> Yo, are you are you feeling some type of way before? I know there was drill? there had to be somebody in between the guys that got hurt. What about the fifth guy? That's what I'm saying, man. Like the fifth guy, like he, he shouldn't have went up there. <laughs> after three, like you definitely should have just stopped the drill. Yeah. Well, it should have stopped after two, but after three, you just shouldn't have gone. And it wasn't like, like if was, you were a player. Yeah, and it wasn't like it was all O linemen or all big guys. We got a DN. We got a man. At the same time, though, we got a DB. We got a running back. At the, all in six minutes. At the same time, though, it's like, damn, like, what are the odds of that happening? So I, I feel like it could have very well not have been like, oh, what was the drill? Like, maybe it could have been like that just happened. Like, damn. No, I think what that's just like. What is the drill is a huge question. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah. But, I mean, that's four Achilles. I'll tell you On what, the same day. Whoever was running that drill is 
fire. All I know is I need to know what that drill was so fire. no coach runs that ever again. <laughs> fire. I need to ban that. You got to follow up with the CF- yeah. what is it? CFLPA investigation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, <laughs> all that. Follow up. Figure that one out. That's a, that name is fire, though. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Now that's yeah, hard. That's right, all right. And that's all we got for you guys tonight. That is the end of the Zone Talk Podcast. Follow us on all of our socials at Zone Talk Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we'll catch y'all next week. Zone Talk, Zone Talk, Zone, zone Talk. Zone, 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 zone. I'm the type of make a move and don't nobody know. You don't gotta hide it if you wanna let it show, girl. All I need is any with a little bit of dope. Soon as I get them both, you know I'm all ready to go. Yeah, never mind them rookies, baby, come fuck with the pro. We can do it faster, we can do it slow. Never mind them knocks, yeah, leave them at the door. I know what your spots like, I've been there before. Yeah. I left my main hoe, now my son, my main hoe. Jigger chain clothes, live exquisite, they know. Performing plain clothes, get the bag and race home. Ain't got time for lame hoes or any of you lame hoes. Riding something for him, riding in that Zane low. Richard Paul still gonna live by the same code. Off the throne, it's how to think how I got home. I'm at the mall shopping, but I think I got those. I got drugs up in my system, I might go off. Hey. Caught her on the beat, I told him go off. I ain't never been the type to show off. And I ain't never pressed or make me go off. Hey. Okay, I want a deal, but they be robbed. But still, my bike crib from north up to prosper. Speak healthy niggas, bite me hard. I feel like holy fieldy nigga flex. Too hard to care about hoes for real. Yeah. Top speed, O D, low key on me. Top speed, O D, low Shorty won't get drafted, but I'm only tryna blaze her. 20 out of 10 every single time I raid her. Probably got a hundred on the dice just like a racer. I'ma go top speed. I'ma go top speed. Yeah. I'ma go top speed.